Hello, thank you for joining Thinking Out Loud for my first episode. My name is Matthew Stewart and I am your host for the podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, So I've been thinking a lot the last few days about my first topic. And the topic that I kept going back to, among others, is based off an article um, that I came across that John MacArthur had talked about. Um, It was in the Washington Post, an article by an opinionist or author, Henry Olson. And the article was opinion, America is becoming less religious That won't demolish conservatives, conservatism. There we go. So anyway, okay. So my subject, the title of this pod, the title of this segment is, is America a Christian nation? Quits cancer? No, we are not. Um, And and here is um, the thing. It, it happened over time, and as I read things from this article, it will make more sense, but it happened over time. Um, and then the 60s happened, which at that time, everything in America changed. Everything shifted. Um, some things for good, but as you will see, some things for bad as far as... Um, Christian statistics and those I identified as Christian. So anyway, um, I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to read uh, some things that stood out to me. Again, you can find this in the Washington Post. Um, It's an article by Henry Olson. Opinion, America is becoming less religious. That won't demolish conservatives. Conservatism, I'm sorry. So, It quotes, in 2004, the Gallup poll showed that 84% of Americans identified as Christians in some fashion. 52% of Americans favored a constitutional amendment banning same-sex marriage, while only 22% favored legalizing the practice. And we already know um, the, 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 the scriptures are against homosexuality. You guys know the viewpoint um, of um, the Bible um, on this. It's not hidden. It's, it's blatant that homosexuality is a sin uh, before God. Uh, and those that are in its practice need to repent. Now, here's what I want to add. We, and I'm talking to... The, those that are part of the LGBTQ or support the LGBTQ community. Let me say this on behalf of all Christians. We love you guys. We do. We love you. You are image bearers of God. You're made in the image of God. Um, so your life has purpose. It has meaning. Um, and God loves you. The problem is... You're living habitually in rebellion against his word. And according to the Bible, those that live in rebellion against God will have 
to suffer judgment for it. What we know as hell, and that is not preached in churches today um, for the most part. But again, let me emphasize this. We love as Christians, and I speak on the evangelical, the Christian's behalf. We love the individuals. Um, God does not want anyone to suffer his wrath, but he must stay true to his mandate, to his word. Um, And because he is faithful and because he is honest, he is just and he will stay true to his word. So I will just leave it with that sentiment. But let me go on. In 2004, I was in either my junior year of high school or my senior year of high school. Um, Back then, it was a different world. And man, I wasn't looking at, um, you know, all that. I wasn't looking at statistics, of course. I didn't care. That's not what my mind was on. I was in church at that time. But it was. It was a different world statistically back then. Excuse me. As far as what people identified as religiously. And there has been a shift um, over over time, over, um, you know, almost two decades. It's crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, in, in three years, it'll be two decades, 20 years since, you know, they, they put out these statistics. But anyway, um, it goes on to say today, only 65% of Americans are Christians and 28% say they are atheists. The decline in Christianity is likely to accelerate in the coming years. 84% of those born between 1928 and 1945, what we would call the golden era, are grandmothers and grandfathers or great-grandmothers and grandfathers are were Christian, identified as Christian, compared to only 49% of Millennials, while 40% of millennials um, identify as non believers or they, they have no religious preference. So they, they are being um, honest, which I can, um, you know, appreciate, but at the same time, these are people that we need to reach out to. And I will be honest, there was the shift between the golden era and our area of the millennials. I was born in 1985. And so, well, some people will call me a zennial. Uh, I get confused with all that, all that, but let's just say for argument's sake, I'm a part of the millennials. I think I am, um, according to what they call it. Um, so anyway, there, there was, there was a shift. So you have this generation born between 1928 and 1945 that raises their children, um, with Christian ethics, Christian morals. Um, and I've watched several documentaries. They're very interesting of the 1950s and 1960s and how these parents trained up their children. And around late 1950s, um, there was this rebellion 
And so, anyway, sorry. And so, in the early 1960s, you had this rebellion of the youth. Late 1950s, early 1960s. And you had the beatniks and the hippies and this whole countercultural movement. And during in the 1960s, as I said, you have a lot of good going on with the civil rights movement and African-Americans fighting for equal rights that they had always deserved. Um, and so, anyway, but two, you had this counterculture movement of where these teenagers, the boomers, we would call them, um, you know, rebelled against the training that they had by their parents they thought that it was strict. Like I said, I've watched documentaries on this. And so they wanted to get away from that and live by their own terms. And we know, biblically, that this does not end up well. Well, anyway, uh, you know, this leads to the, you know, free love movement. And in the 1970s, you had the women's um, uh, liberation movement. And so a lot, biblically, is questioned. Now, we know what the Apostle Paul says concerning the family. If you study it um, in the scriptures, in the epistles to the churches, um, you know, Christ is over the man. The man is over the woman. And now, now let me say this. It, it is not an abusive relationship or anything like that or domineering. It was never meant to be that way. Um the man and the woman have a quality. They're both made in the image of God, but they just have different duties that were ordained by God for them as a part of the family unit. And you had, in the late 50s and early 60s, a break away from that. That bore fruit that went into the 70s and 80s and the 90s and so on and so forth to the point that we're at now. So for, for those that would ask, how do you go from, um, you know, the this 84% to 49% with our generation? Well, it's a slow fade. It's what happens over time. Um, people began questioning biblical morals, biblical ethics, and they do what churches do today is they take the word of God and say, okay, let's make this relevant. Let's change the word of God and make it relevant to our society. Wrong move. The word of God never changes. Never. It is sufficient. And what God calls sin is sin. And what God says about humanity is if you really pay attention, if you study the scriptures and ask God for wisdom, you will see what God says about humanity is playing out right in front of us. And from my studies and what I've been noticing, you know, reading through the Pentateuch and the Old Testament, um, the journey of Israel, their relationship with God, their stubbornness and everything else. And the mercy God's shown them, their story isn't that different from ours. God redeemed them. He loved them. He gave them his law. He showed them the way to go to be at peace. And they rebelled against him continuously. Like 
disobedient children to a father that freed them, that loved them? And is it not true that many times Christians today act the same way? We have our Bibles gathering dust. We don't study the Word. We will take whatever we're told and regurgitate it. And it, it's sad because the Word of God is sufficient. I've seen it in my own life. And I know that there are many of you um, that see it as well. That obedience to the Word of God it, it brings blessings. It does. You have joy. You have peace as you walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. But let me get, let me go on with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then one last um, part I took from this. Observant Christians are the Republican Party's largest group of voters, while non-religious Americans are strongly Democratic. Very true. Now, I could harp on and on, and those of you who know me know this, about my issues with evangelicals, Christians, making politics an idol. I saw this over the last four years with Donald Trump. Now, you have your reasons for voting for him and supporting him. I understand that. You have your right to do so. But from what I saw and from what I observed, many Christians turned the other cheek, turned the eye. They looked away when Donald Trump would act unethically or unmorally and would um, speak bitterly about people or demean people, uh, deceivingly so, many times. He was divisive. You, you can't argue that he wasn't because he was. And what grieved my heart was I saw so many Christians that would refuse to say that there were things that he needed to repent of, that he was sinning. Um, and so it, it's like, like, like that um, lenient parent with a spoiled child in Walmart you know, running through the aisles, knocking over cans, uh, picking up all kinds of things, um, running up and down the aisles, getting in people's way. That that one lenient parent that goes, he's so cute, isn't he? That's just what it was like. That's just what it was like. And I say that with no bias. That's just what it was like from what I observed. And these are... And these are loving Christians um, I just thought at times there was a lack of discernment shown I voted for Donald Trump last year it's over, it's done and now we are to pray for Joe Biden as Christians we have a mandate to do so from Romans 13 and, um, and other um, scriptures concerning government and the Christian's relationship to it. So, you know, I used to hear all the time, I grew up with it, America is a Christian nation. And it's over the last five years that I came to realization, no, it's not. 
They say the founding fathers were Christians. No, many of them weren't. Many of them were what they call deists. And the thing about deism, uh, a friend of my dad told us this when we went to visit him, Ben Franklin was a deist, um, along with the other founding fathers, many of them. Deists believe in a higher deity that has that leaves us here and has no fellowship with us. Ladies and gentlemen, people listening to this podcast, that is not the God of the Bible. That is not the God of the scriptures. Many of these uh, founding fathers were also Masons, and they, they joined it. They professed Christianity because that was the major belief within that sect, was Christianity. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we will be a part of this. We'll, we'll profess Christianity if, if that's what it means to be a part of this group. So I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just saying our beginning was shady in the first place. I'm not one of these cancel culture people that are saying, we got to do away with our history. No, learn from it. Learn from it. And teach others about the truth. There are several documents uh, from the Founding Fathers. Read them for yourselves. But the question in my mind is, were we a Christian nation from the beginning? I can't answer that. Now, you have um, the uh, Great Awakening with Jonathan Edwards and um, David Brainerd and so many great men of God that came before us and laid the groundwork here in America um, for us as Christians. This movement of the Spirit that happened here. And so we can't deny that. That happened that was God's favor on our nation. But as I watched and I heard in the video by John MacArthur, he said that, or he alluded to that, God has abandoned this nation, but he has not abandoned the elect. He has given over our country to a reprobate mind. That's why you have people that are okay with murdering infants in the womb. That's why... Uh, you have people, even Christians, that favor uh, same-sex marriage. It, it's They've fallen for the deceit. And it's out of the motive of love. Yes, we as Christians are to be loving, but we are also to warn people of the warnings of the Word of God. Homosexuality is sin. Murder is sin before God. The word of God says that you knit me together in my mother's womb. That before I was born, you formed me. You can't refute that. God places value on the lives of these babies. And, yes, on the lives of homosexuals and calls them to repent. He calls all of us to repent of our sins to turn away from the old ways and to walk in the new man that is in Christ Jesus. And he will equip us to do so 
by his Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's that... It's, it's complex, but it's the truth. It's complex, but it's easy. As God guides you, you will understand these things. But yeah, what happened with our country happened gradually. It happened gradually. And so I, I just leave you with this. To be given over to a reprobate mind is a judgment of God. It is. To give an over to be given over to a reprobate mind is a judgment of God. To feel no conviction for sin is a judgment of God. And that's where we are. Many Americans. That's where we are. And with millennials, like it, it, it says here, only 49% um, are confessing, identify as Christians. And as I said, at least they're being honest. And we have a people, a generation to bear witness to. My generation and the generation after. Because, as I said, Christianity is going to decrease in this nation. It's going to continue to. You cannot deny that. We're not ushering in the millennial kingdom, despite what Beppo may say. We're not. Things are not getting better. They are getting worse. And the Bible says they will get worse before Jesus returns and establishes the kingdom here on earth. It's not going to get better, folks. It's going to get worse. And as Jesus said, we're going to face persecution, but God will equip us by his spirit to endure it. That's just what we're looking at. There's nothing to be fearful of because he is with us. The disciples counted it a joy to suffer for Christ. And Christians, that's what we have to get to that point. To count it as a joy to suffer for Christ. And I believe with all my heart that God can do that within us by his spirit. We are a minority. We are a minority in this country. We are. But, and and we're going to grow and continue in being a minority. But guess what? In these other countries where there's persecution, where our brothers and sisters are put to death for their faith, where they're jailed, where they have to meet in secret, the church is growing at a rapid pace. The honest, biblical Gospel-centered church is growing. But it's where there's persecution and not contentment with the world. Not looking like the world. Because we're called to be set apart just as Israel was by God. We're called to be set apart. So again, you shouldn't be surprised by this. I'm not. I haven't been over the last five years. But that... It's just my take on this whole subject. Anyway, guys, I thank you so much for tuning in for my first episode of Thinking Out Loud. Comment, subscribe, please. Um, Again, thank you so much. Share this podcast. Um, I would love to get more subscribers. Also, leave me a voicemail on him. I think you can on Anchor FM. 
um, I can send a link. Um, but send me a send me a, a DM or you know Facebook message if you have any questions. I would love to answer them on the podcast. Or if there are any subjects that you would like me to go over, I would love to do so. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I hope y'all have a blessed day. Again, for us as Christians, may our perspective on things pertaining to society come from the word of God. God blessings to you all.